So, it's been an interesting week so far in wrestling. I mean, you know, you well, actually not a week itself, but basically, you know, it's got a, you know, it's got kind of a, a feel to it that it hasn't had for a while. You know, where both major companies, in this case WWE and AEW, are finally hitting the stride again, especially going into the fall season, knowing that they're going to be up against a lot of competition. WWE with Monday Night Raw and possibly some college football on Friday nights. Um, AEW knowing that they're going to be in competition with, you know, NBA and NHL and all that on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays, if you will, to an extent. You know, so they know, both sides know they're going to be in for a fight uh, throughout the next couple of months. And they need to pull out all... Um, all the repertoire, if you will, to survive and not only draw fans' eyes away from those avenues outside of them, but to draw eyes away from, you know, each other. Like WWE getting eyes away from AEW, AEW trying to get eyes away from WWE. And they're doing everything they can in the power to make that happen, especially going into 2023. Um, but it seems for some odd reason that now, I, I I don't know what it is, but it seems that even though AEW is getting back a lot of their talent, I mean, last night they got back Kenny Omega, you know, finally on the roster and all that, you know, along with the likes of a Brian Danielson, you know, prior to that, along with a CM Punk, who we'll get to in a moment, and many others, you know, you, you know, you have AEW basically on the forefront of having one of the best closeouts, you know, third quarters, if you will, in their short history. But it seems a lot has been happening behind the scenes, though, that seems to not be being in their favor. Like, I don't know if maybe Tony Khan is kind of nervous now that he's realizing, oh, you know, oh, crap. You know, Triple H is now running things, and oh, he's going to get all this talent that I'm trying to get. You know, back on his roster, even trying to tamper, maybe, to an extent, with, you know, uh, talent that he used to have, that I currently have contracted. You know, you have to wonder if Tony Khan's getting nervous, you know, and, you know, which is why he's finally waking up and making all these right moves of, okay, I'm bringing you in to be part of this, I'm making you part of that, I'm making you part of that. You know, so he can kind of get some of the pressure off him, uh, himself, I should say. You have to wonder if he's gotten, starting to get worried. Well, to add to that worriedness, it seems that there was a bit of drama last night um, on Dynamite. Not just in front of the camera, but behind the scenes. Because according to Sean Rossap of Fightful.com and mostly Fightful Select, um, CM Punk almost threatened not to show up You know, at, at Dynamite last night. Yeah, he almost threatened not to show up. Now, one of the people I subscribe to here on YouTube and on uh, social media, just Alex, um, he also uh, mentioned he also uh, mentioned this um, as well. If I can uh, put it up here, in fact, I could probably bring him up here on the on the thing. But he also mentions this as well, and that is, if we can bring it up here. It says here, this is what Alex put up. He said, from Fightful Select. He put this up an hour ago. This is what just Alex said 
about an hour ago. He says, Fightful Select reports, CM Punk almost did not show up on AEW Dynamite last night. His promo on Hangman Adam Page was to believed, uh, was believed to be a receipt for Hangman's promos back in May. Punk took issue with the context of the promos and even uh, levied to quit AEW at one point. Yeah. So, uh, what that basically means is uh, CM Punk going off script last night wasn't part of the plan. His The plan basically was to build up to him and Moxley, which they did for All Out. But apparently there was more to it. And like I said, according to what Alex is pointing out here, CM Punk almost did not show up on Dynamite last night. And his promo on Hangman Adam Page was believed to be was believed to be a receipt for Hangman's promos back in May. Now, he did put up something a clip uh, of one of those promos that uh, Page did on Punk uh, back in May, a or so when they were getting ready to fight for the AEW uh, Championship. Uh, I don't want to play it right now due to you know content reasons, but I but the thing is. You know, if you follow AEW Dynamite and you follow AEW, you know exactly what promos, you know, Alex is talking about. So, it seems that Punk wasn't in favor of that. It's like he didn't like somebody calling him out or something. And a lot of people, again, kind of didn't believe it, you know, at first. They didn't believe anything coming out of this. Because some people say that when you look at Fightful Select, which is a premium you know, um, section for Fightful on the Patreon page and in the website, some people don't tend to really believe it that much because, oh, you got to pay money to see it. But here's the thing. I think what Sean Ross Sapp is doing is he's realizing, hey, if I put that out there for free, it's going to, you know, get out there to someone like a Tony Khan and Tony Khan might come after me. I don't want that. Or it might come out there and people at WWE might come after me. So I'm going to hide it behind a paywall so very few people see it. Um, now, like I said, some people did uh, com- comment on what Alex put down there. One person called Mr. Unfamiliar said, and I quote, CM Punk likes to dish it out but can't take the heat back. It's probably because Hangman hangs out with the side of the locker room that isn't the biggest CM Punk fans, so he took the promos a certain way, where, as he knows, MJF is a legit fan of his, so it's different coming from MJF. And uh, let's see. It also is one person um, called uh, Jeff, G-E-G-E-O-F-F, off um, at IWC Sucks, <laughs> says, This is getting good. Making people want to watch what's going to happen. See? And then somebody else uh, nobody, and then somebody else came out and responded to that by saying, No, it's not. Ratings just came out for Dynamite, not number one on cable. And nine... Uh, 9, 000, and 957,000 awful. Okay. And let's see. Did they see more? Yeah, they just said they said more. He said, "Did I hit a soft spot?" And I'm not going to say the other word. And then uh, Tina Scherer, um Tina Scherer also said, "Somehow I don't believe he threatened to quit." Some of these reports are half true, and the rest is made up by so-called sources. And there's an example. 
And again, an example of not many people believing some parts of the report. Um, some are saying he's a big baby. That's why WWE didn't want to resign him. And all that. Da, 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 da. And one person says, um, at I'm Punk 93, um, says, Once I've seen FIFA Select, I know a select majority amount of this statement is BS. And then someone said, you know, the rest of it. You know, basically said what BS stands for. Anyway, long story short, depending on how you view it, CM Punk obviously was not happy with what Hangman Page had said, didn't like it, and basically said, hey, you either let me go out there whenever I want and, you know, say what I want to say to Hangman and everything, call him out like he called me out, or I'll quit. He basically levied. He basically used his, I guess you could say his trump card, his ace, if you will, his creative control if you will, uh, to get a, to, I guess, go out there and be able to go off script. Now, you know, is that the smartest move to make? No. No, it's not the smartest move because what that will do, unfortunately, is make Tony Khan maybe consider, you know what, maybe Punk wasn't the best choice to be champion. Let's get the belt on back on Moxley. Let's make him the undisputed champ now. It might make people do that. Or it might make someone like Tony Khan do that. Or someone that he put in charge of his booking team do that. Say, you know what? We can't trust Punk. He's, he's going to levy to quit the company, especially as champion, if we don't let him do this. So guess what? Let's get the belt off him put it on Moxley. And Punk, obviously, is very supportive of Moxley. He may, they may come to Punk and say, hey, you know, we want to give the belt to, to Moxley because we feel you could do more here, da da da, da not really letting him know what the real reason is. They could word it in a way that, you know, he'll be cool with, but I think deep down he'll know, yeah, you don't want me to have the belt because, you know, of what I could do. So that potentially, you know, um, could be a direction they head into if part of what people are saying about this report um, is indeed true. But again, like I said earlier, AEW is not the only one that's in this in the, in the spotlight right now. Not just to do the drama and the build up to all out and and everything, but so is WWE. WWE apparently um, is shutting down NXT UK. Yeah, NXT UK is shutting down, and in 2023 will be rebranded as NXT Europe, which is why. This past Tuesday, you know, throughout Heat Wave, we saw the appearance of many NXT UK stars. You know, we saw the appearance of Davenport. Of course, we saw the NXT UK tag champs, and who are part of NXT 2.0 anyway. We saw them there. You know, we saw the stable Gallus. We saw the Ga- Gallus stable. And then we saw Tyler Bate. Which is really interesting, really, really um, interesting because Dragonoff, I think that's his name, uh, Dragonoff had to uh, relinquish the title due to injury, I believe. So they held a tournament, uh, or planned to hold a tournament to uh, crown a new champion, and the tournament actually starts this week. Actually, 
yesterday, today I should say, they on um, on the on Peacock on the WWE networks network on Peacock, they actually started putting out, you know, the uh, uh, matches on, on their episode. So this week you had a couple of matches, and then next week a couple more matches, stuff like that. But apparently, someone backstage didn't get the didn't, didn't apparently. What I'm trying to say, excuse me, there. Let me rewind. Okay. Apparently, somebody backstage didn't get the memo that the tournament has yet to air here in the United States. And that nobody knows who won that tournament. Nobody, Basically, whoever is in charge of NXT 2.0 or NXT period didn't get the memo that the tournament has yet to begin on the WWE Network. And last night, like I said, along with Davenport and the tag champs and all that, as well as I think the Heritage Cup champ, you know, showing up and the Gallus stable showing up, basically doing an NXT UK invasion of NXT 2.0, you had Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate, the NXT UK champion, showing up to confront Braun Baker, basically signifying that we're going to have a unification match at the big NXT, NXT UK event uh, in September called Worlds Collide. And when people saw Tyler Bate walk out with the NXT UK title, they're like, because there are some that probably haven't watched NXT UK that much either because of work or, or, or stuff like that, or they just, you know, haven't had the time. So they kind of find out through YouTube... WWE's YouTube page and stuff like that. But, you know, people were kind of surprised to see Tyler Bate with the with the title because I'm sure they knew about a tournament coming up. They knew of Dragunov being off with a, or being out with an injury. So they knew that they, there was a tournament going on, but they just didn't know who won it. So to see Tyler Bate come out with the championship, you know, with the championship and everything... It's like, you know, what what's going on here? Did you know? Did WWE just spoil the tournament, or the the results of who won the tournament? Because again, you know, the tournament has yet to be you know seen until now to today uh, on U.S. soil through the WWE Network. So to see someone like Tyler Bate walk out with the NXT UK Championship, it was a surprise. So obviously, like I said, somebody didn't get the memo. You know, they didn't get the memo or what it does. And maybe this is a direction, you know, they're going to go in. It's going to make people tune in to NXT UK on WWE Network on Peacock whenever they can to see exactly throughout the next couple weeks how Tyler Bate won the championship, thus building towards uh, Worlds Collide. You know, that could be one of the motives too. But again... It's like somebody didn't get didn't get the message. Somebody didn't get the memo of, hey, this tournament's still going on right now, so you might want to hold off on showing who won the NXT UK title. You know, you know that might be that might be what's going. You know, might have been what happened, I should say. But yeah, NXT UK is going away. It's going to get rebranded, you know, as NXT Europe, and I guess at Heatwave was. I'm assuming a collaboration between Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and and Bruce Pritchard of 
you know, trying to find a way to, um, you know, get to that, you know, you know, build to that event. And one way of doing it is to have this U- UK invasion. I mean, if you have Davenport, who obviously has been on WWE's radar for a while, for the main roster mostly, showing up and saying, hey, I'm going to be the next NXT, U- NXT Women's Champion, it obviously means she's going to be involved in a championship program with Mandy Rose. So, so yeah, it looks... So, yeah, obviously, Heat Wave, like I said, was used as sort of the building block to not just uh, the Worlds Collide uh, pe- uh, event between both NXT UK and NXT, but also served as sort of the beginning of the end of NXT UK as a brand and having it absorbed into NXT where they basically rebrand the UK version of NXT into NXT Europe, which is supposed to, I guess, um, I guess kind of like associate with a lot of other um, countries out there. I think not just UK, but South America. I think um, Russia, I think, is even being considered because it's in... It's basically all European countries, if you will, are being considered. Scotland and all that, they're all being considered as part of NXT Europe. You know, and apparently this is going to branch out to bring branch out and bring in more talent, be a pipeline, if you will, for this talent to get noticed, to get recognized, and maybe even to get a chance on the main roster down the line. Now, do I think this will work in 2023? If Triple H is the one, you know, running it, or at least... You know, if he has a team that shares his vision running it, then I think it, I think it will work. I think it will work because it's still going to have that NXT UK feel to it, but it's going to be more expanded. Because I'm pretty sure they're looking at the fact that, well, we have all this talent coming outside of the United Kingdom, you know, mostly out of all these other countries in Europe. Why don't we just call it something instead of NXT UK? Let's call it Europe. And there you go. So... So yeah, it's an interesting move, and um, I'm looking forward to the prospect, because again, it's still going to probably have that feel of NXT UK, but it's going to be more expanded. Like, it's going to basically, you know, be able to be showcased, not just in the United Kingdom, but in other parts of the European uh, side of the world. So I look forward to that. I really look forward to that. Now, speaking of NXT NXT as a whole, Shawn Michaels came out recently and said that it's all on him that NXT is the way it is. NXT 2.0 that is the way it is. It's all on him. He's the one basically calling, you know, calling the shots, running the ship and all that. And not everybody believes him. Not everybody believes him, believe it or not. They don't. Everybody feels that what Shawn Michaels is doing is being a good corporate soldier and trying to hide the truth. And the truth being that it's actually Bruce Pritchard that's running things and not him. And that might be true. But if it is true, then obviously what we saw last uh, two nights ago, you know, throughout Heat Wave, might have been Bruce Pritchard's swan song. Like Triple H is saying, this is your last one, running NXT 2.0. After this, we're going to start building to a new NXT and a new NXT Europe out of the ashes of what will be or what would what's going to be the former NXT UK. So it could have been like I said, it could have been a swan song as I check something here. It could have been a swan song and if it is, you know, you know, 
I guess a lot of people would say good riddance to Bruce on you know running the NXT brand. But Shawn Michaels, like I said, came out and said, look, it's all on me. I'm the one that um, was running NXT. I'm the one that may help make all these decisions, give the green light and everything. And like I said, not a lot of people believe that. Not a lot of people believe it because, you know, they feel all he's doing, as I mentioned, being, is being the big, is, is being, bleh, it's easy for me to say, being the good corporate soldier and trying to hide the truth. And there's a lot of people that feel that's exactly what's happening. That Shawn Michaels is only saying this because in reality, you know, people know it's Bruce that's running things and all that, and that's it. And, you know, you can't argue with them either way on that. You know, assumption. You can't argue with them either way on that assumption because they feel that that's what's really going on. Bruce Pritchard is the one that's truly been or has been truly running things in NXT. Because a lot of people feel that if it was Shawn Michaels running NXT, you know, just like he had done with NXT UK for a bit, then we wouldn't be in the situation we're in right now. We wouldn't see some of the stuff that was seen. And look, that's you know, that's, you know, one person's opinion. You know, JD from NY206, you know, has an opinion on that. Just Alex has an opinion on that. Everybody has the same opinion that it's all been Bruce and not Sean. But here's the thing. How do we know it's not Sean? Sean, you know, he's given the ball to run with it, right? He's given the ball to, to do all these different things, you know, within NXT. How do we know he's not the one that came up with these suggestions? Let's not forget, he ran... And still what some currently run, some, I should say, still currently runs his own wrestling promotion, you know, in Texas. So he has experience. So who's to say, you know, he's not the one that, you know, suggested these ideas. He and his team weren't the ones that suggested it. I'm just saying. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, but again, who's to say Sean's not the one that's making this happen? You know, we can't say yay or nay either way. But I understand, but again, I understand people's uh, reluctancy to believe anything that comes out, you know, out of Shawn Michaels' mouth when it comes to this recent interview he did where he said he's the one running things. Because, you know, obviously to them that's not true. And all he's doing is covering the truth. You know, covering up for the fact that the real person behind it was Bruce. But, you know... Is that true? Is Sean making up something just to cover up the truth about who's behind it? Or maybe, or is Sean telling us the truth? Is he saying, yes, this is all me? Who knows? Only only Sean Michaels could really honestly, truthfully tell us down the line when he ever gets a chance. And if it does come out from Sean's own lips that, hey, you know, this is what happened, and this is why I said the things that I did, you know, so be it. So be it. Alright. Getting back to AEW. Like I said, last night, they built, they started the big build to, uh, they started the big build to All Out. Or did they? Because you see, apparently, they're going to be doing CM Punk and John Moxley next week. They're not waiting for All Out, though they're going to do it next week for the AEW Undisputed World title. Now, that leaves in question, well, if you're doing the match next week, what do you do for the main event of All Out? 
And apparently, you know, to tie back into the first thing I talked about with CM Punk going off script, we might be seeing CM Punk in page three. Or, not page three, but two. We might be seeing CM Punk in page two. And why do I say that? Because if they're going to, because there's a good chance, knowing Tony Khan, he may not be happy, you know, with CM Punk using his creative control, his ace card, you know, his his leviness, if you will, and threaten, you know, and threaten his leviness to threaten to quit, quit the company. That's what I was trying to say. You know, to be able to go off script and say what he wants to say. You know, Tony Khan may not be happy about that, but he sees an opportunity to take legitimate realism and place it in the middle of the ring, you know, for uh, both guys to get the frustrations out on. So, I could see CM Punk Unk, and Adam Page going at it for the world title at All Out. I could see that. I can honestly see that. But, we don't know about that just yet. I mean, to to hype up the fact that we're getting this match next week, you know, it definitely shows one thing, in my opinion, when it comes to AEW and Tony Khan. You know, to go back to what I talked about earlier, about all the companies hitting on all cylinders, it shows that he, despite being on a different night from Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown, Tony Khan ain't taking no chances. He's like, you know, screw Triple H trying to get my talent, tampering with, you know, my talent's contracts, trying to inquire when they're going to be out, when all this and that, whatever. Screw Triple H. Screw the WWE. I'm going to give people a reason to tune into AEW every week, and next week I'm going to give them a big reason. I'm going to give them Punk and Moxley one-on-one. That's what I'm going to do. And apparently that's what's going to happen. Now, like I said, what does this do for All Out? Do we get a no decision next week? That's building to a rematch at All Out? Or is this leading to what maybe people are speculating and have been speculating for a while? And that's CM Punk winning the championship and out comes MJF to attack him and thus you set up a match for All Out. I'm just saying. You know, kind of like basically do a repeat, or not a repeat, but a redo of what we saw uh, over a decade ago. You know, with CM Punk and WWE. And that's MJF being an outsider, challenging for the title, winning it, and then threatening to take it up north to Connecticut unless he gets what he wants. That could be something too. Because remember, we are now in a time frame where Tony Khan and Triple H on both sides of the spectrum have to pull out all the stops knowing what they're going to go up against. They need to get eyes on the product. So, with them planning to do the match between John Moxley and CM Punk next week instead of All Out, it leaves the door open to speculation as to what the main event at All Out will be, and many people pretty much are now assuming it's going to be MJF and CM Punk. And that could be true. Especially if the contractual status of MJF is still up in the air, you know, they could play off that. Like, he's finding a legal way to get out of his contract, and that when he does, and then and that when he does, as AEW champion, he'll take the belt to Connecticut. You know, that might be something that happens. We don't know. You know, we don't we don't really know uh, for a fact. But it's, you know, it's interesting to kind of think about, kind of speculate. And this, again, is an example, you know, of both, of both companies, you know, really turning up the heat. 
And in this case, it's Tony Khan saying, look, I might have a lot of issues going on behind the scenes that not many of my uh, wrestlers, men and women are fond of or, or they are fond of, stuff like that. But I'm not about to lose any of my fan base or any of my viewership numbers to WWE. So here's what I'm going to do. So yeah, it seems like it seems like the summer uh, of wrestling, this injury-prone summer for AEW and somewhat WWE, you know, is going to come to a climactic end uh, within the next several weeks. So it's going to be interest. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do between now and All Out Labor Day weekend. Going to be really interesting. But yeah, same, seemingly. They're doing this, and one can assume, one can assume that they're doing this because they are basically going to give us a main event at All Out that we're hoping to get because of storyline reasons that are very similar to a storyline that WWE attempted to do last, uh, over a decade ago with one of the individuals involved, that being CM Punk. But we'll see. We we shall see what what happens. Now. Speaking of AEW, uh, they do have, according to um, Amazon's UK site, has a, I, I guess you could say, a temporary release date on there of the end of the year for the AEW Fight Forever video game. And there's been a lot of um, clips coming out, a lot of, you know, gameplay footage, still work in progress gameplay footage being you know, shown, there's a lot of uh, match types being announced from exploding death match, exploding barbarian death matches to stadium stampede, stuff like that. But will Fight Forever come out in time for the holiday season? That That is what one people, well, one question a lot of fans have. Will it come out at the end of the year towards the holiday season? And I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no because, like a lot of people pointed out, AW. Uh, Fight Forever is still in progress. They want to make it a good game. They want to make sure there's no issues whatsoever, even though they may be. They want to make sure there's not that many issues. My assumption is they're going to have All Out ready, not All Out, but Fight Forever ready for Revolution. That's what I'm looking at. It's either going to be ready for Revolution, which is a February pay-per-view, or it's going to be ready for Double or Nothing, which is a spring pay-per-view, usually that takes place in a month after WrestleMania. So uh, that's, again, that's up to the status of the of the game itself. But I'm assuming that if they're already, at least Amazon UK is already putting a temporary release date of towards the end of the year for this on their site, that, you know, the game's probably going to get released within the first quarter of 2023, mostly like in the first few months, uh, more than likely. So I would look at between February and May of 2023 that you'll get the release of the game. And don't be surprised if to coronate with that release that we get a Dynamite special named Fight Forever um, just as well. But yeah, I'm looking more along the lines of the first quarter and mostly between February 2023 and May 2023, between that time frame, of when the release game or the release of the official game will happen. I mean, if it happens at the end of the year, that's a miracle. But I'm looking more along the lines of it's going to be towards um, the beginning of 2023, mostly between February and May of next year, in my opinion. Now, 
Let's talk about WWE again and mostly some issues, not issues, but some news uh, that came out that seems to pretty much have a lot in common with everything that's come up. Everything that's come up. Now, we've seen a lot of talent make their return under Triple H's run. Hit Row, Karrion Cross, Dexter Loomis, Dakota Kai, and more to come, if you will. But, with that said, with that said, what do a lot of these talents, some that have already gone on to sign with places like AEW, New Japan, Impact, MLW, what do most of these uh, talents that have been released, and like I said, signed with these other places, or even have returned, like Hit Row did, what do many of them have in common? Well, one of the things they have in common is they were released during the Vince McMahon run. And they were released due to Butter Guts by John Laurinaitis. But we find out that's not entirely true. It's not entirely true. Because apparently, apparently, it wasn't due to budget cuts. It was due to the fact that a lot of these talents did and said things and brought up things and tried to counter things that they weren't supposed to do. Yeah. They tried to say things they weren't supposed to say. They tried to counter arguments or ideas that they weren't supposed to counter. And they did things like call up about the status, find out about the status of the teammates or whatever, which they weren't supposed to do. And why? Because basically, because basically, under the Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis regime and Bruce Pritchard regime, to an extent, you know, you have no business doing any of that. You have no business. Basically, you know, groups like Hit Row, people like Karrion Cross, Bray Wyatt, Dakota Kai, all of them, they weren't difficult to work with. They weren't a problem to work with. They didn't have an attitude problem. No. Most of what happened, you know, that was that caused the releases, you know, due to budget cuts, as it was made up to be, was because they stood up for what they believed in. Or they tried to, you know, question why this was happening and not this. Or wonder about the status of somebody, you know, they're working with. They weren't supposed to do that because it's none of the business. It's it's none of your business. Damn it, none of your business. And that's it. And apparently, when I heard about this, and I'm sure I'm not the only one alone in here thinking this, the first thing that came to my mind was. That, right there, you know, getting in trouble for just being curious about the status of a teammate or just questioning why we're doing this, can't we do this, you know, and all that. Not being able to do any of this without getting yelled at or called names or, you know, put down. All this, and (laughs) I know a lot of people will agree with it, is nothing more then a lot of talent at that time frame working under an old school territorial mentality. 
That's what it was. Now you might say, well, how could Vince, you know, have that mindset if he was... Like I said, you know, people are probably wondering, how could Vince, you know, be that way, you know, if he's up to date with some things? And my assumption always has been that not not just due to the fact of what we already knew, what I already knew from the interview from a few years ago, in which I did a video on one time where I basically, you know, you know, talked about the fact that one of the former writers in an interview several years ago mentioned pretty much what we found out about Vince recently, about him not being able to remember what they did from one week ago, you know, the the current week, you know, like, he couldn't remember what they did on the Raw prior, you know, a week before, so that they can move on and do something different with this current Raw, you know. Um, you know, when I, you know, that's something that, you know, was no was not really news to me, because I already knew about it, but it became more public now because of what happened, you know, with the allegations. But, what this also kind of tells me, in my own opinion, is I think Vince might have been on medication. Yeah. There are medicines, believe it or not, as I adjust the camera here a little bit, but there are medications, believe it or not, that can help you deal with mental issues. Mostly things like, you know, uh, dementia and stuff. You know, it helps you deal with that. helps you keep that under control so it doesn't really get any worse. So I could assume that's what he was taking, was some kind of medication to help him with his uh, dementia and all that, as I just adjust the camera again here, sorry about that. But like I said, I can assume that's what he was probably doing, which is why he was still up to date on a few things, but still had and went by that old school territorial mentality of you don't speak up, you do what you're said, you do what you're told. You take what you were given you and like it. And that's it. So Obviously, when you hear about all these people from Top Dollar and others coming out and saying, this is why we were let go, or this is what happened, and all that, and then sounding very similar to other people saying the same thing, you know, or mentioning the same thing, yeah, it kind of tells you that Vince and his crew went by an old school mentality, mentality of, don't speak up, don't question, you just do. And that's it. And that's why a lot of people are thankful that Triple H is now running things along with Stephanie and Nick Khan. Because they have fresher, younger minds of how things should be done around here. And that talent should have a voice. You know, talent shouldn't be told, This is what you're going to be, and no questions asked. You know, they have the belief that talent should have a voice. They shouldn't have... They, you know, they're not believers of somebody being told, Okay, uh, Dakota... We're going to put you in a witch's outfit, and you're going to be scary rich Kai, and you're going to go, <laughs> you know, you know, and if someone like Dakota Kai is like, that's stupid, I don't want to do that, Triple H is the kind of someone that has a belief of, hey, you don't like that, tell me what you want to do, and we'll make it work. But if it was under Vince's regime, she would have to go out there with a broomstick, probably her face painted green, and be like, I am Wicked Witch Kai. I will cut the spell on you. That that could be what would have happened. Not saying it would, but still. And she wouldn't be able to question it. She wouldn't be able to challenge it. She wouldn't be able to question it. She'd have to deal with it. Because it's Vince's idea, not hers. You know, and she doesn't have a voice. She wouldn't have a voice. You know, she wouldn't be able to see him. Triple H is not like that. Triple H is like, hey, you want to talk? Let's talk. 
And that's what he wants. Because he, from an in-ring perspective, understands the frustration. And he wants to work with them. He wants to make the place fun again. And apparently it is. It's more relaxed, more fun. But, you know, that's the thing. That's just, you know, as much of a parody as that might be, that's, that's just an example of what a lot of these have in common. You're given something, you can't question it. You know, you're stuck with it, no matter what. You know, when Keith Lee, you know, he tried to work with the Bearcat deal, but he knew it was stupid. He knew it was dumb, but he couldn't question it. Vince wanted it. Why? Because, let's be honest, when Vince wants something a certain way, even though somebody might say it's stupid, it's not just because of the fact that Vince, you know, wants to be entertained himself, because everybody looked at it as, he looked, looked at WWE as being an audience of one, but mostly because of the fact that Vince looked at it as a gimmick that as a gimmick basically that makes money that's what it was that's what it was to Vince that you know hey you may not like the Bearcat thing but you know what that Bearcat gimmick makes money you know that's what he likes you know that's what he looks excuse me again like I said you know basically to Vince it's something that makes money you know, you may not agree with it, but to him, if it's a gimmick he feels makes money, you got to do it, whether you find it stupid or not, or you don't. I mean, when Karrion Cross came to the main roster with the look he had and everything, you know, people were like, why are you putting him in this gimmick? It's stupid. Not to Vince. Vince looked at him being in that super shredder-like outfit, and he's like, that makes money! Money, 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 money! And that's it. Which is why when you hear all these stories now coming out since Vince has stepped down, you know, it all makes sense now. People question these decisions Vince was making about them. And Vince said, okay, you're gone. Or, okay, you want to question my authority? You're out. You know, for at least a couple of months. Or, you're out for a couple of weeks. I mean, look at, look at Eli Drake's Max Dupree character. You know, he's trying to make that work. Triple H is trying to make that work now. But, here's the thing. When Eli questioned... Vince about the, char- the direction of his character, what happened? He was gone. And Maxine came up. Sophia came up as Maxine. Why? Well, because Vince loves blondes, obviously, but also the fact that Eli, L.A. Knight, questioned the creative direction. And he didn't like that. Bray Wyatt apparently was used as a major example of nobody is safe if you question authority, if you question my creative direction for your character. And now he's probably on the verge of coming back and having more freedom than he sh- has ever had. You know? So, yeah. It's just one of those situations that it just... It's just, you know, it's just one of those situations that when you have a younger, more fresher, more up-to-date, modern uh, mindset taking over, you know, a company like WWE then it makes all the difference in the world because, you know, once they take over and have the power that they need, they don't utilize that old school mentality no more. You know, they don't utilize that old school mentality. They go with a mentality that's more up-to-date, more fresher. And they go with the mentality of, hey, if we don't want to lose these talents, we don't want them asking for the releases or any dissension, then we need to work with them and make the environment you know, fun for them, and we need to let their voices be heard. 
and that's why a lot of people are happy that Triple H is running things creative, creatively and is head of talent relations. That's about it. But, yeah, to, to find out the truth about this whole situation here, you know, as to why these, but why things were always looked at as budget goods, wasn't just because, oh, we don't have plans for you. It's mainly because of the fact that people spoke up. I mean, Top Dollar basically said it best on Busted Open Radio. He said that the reason they let him go, along with the rest of Hit Row, that being Shane Strickland when he was Isaiah Scott, you know, as well as Adonis and all that, was because B-Fab was let go before them. She was caught up in all those releases, you know, prior to, you know, Hit Row being on uh, SmackDown. You know, it was, it was a surprise to them because she wasn't given any travel information. And then they find out she was, you know, part of those releases. And all Top Dollar did, out of curiosity, was get on his phone and ask, Hey, you know, what's going on with B-Fab? Why wasn't she with us? That's all he was wondering. He was just curious, worried. And he... He and, you know, Hit Row got in trouble for that because they weren't supposed to do that. But guess what? They don't have to worry about that now, apparently, because Triple H is probably thinking, why would you let them go because of that? They were just curious. Just, just saying. You know, just saying. But, yeah. You know, obviously a change of pace is what this company needed, and now they got it. You know, it's what they needed, and now they got it. But yeah, to hear these stories and to find out the real truth, which a lot of people suspected there was more going on than just, oh, budget cuts kind of deal. To to hear it finally come out and to kind of put all the pieces together, yeah, it's, yeah it is a, a breath of fresh air to kind of see that, yeah, we knew, we kind of had our, kind of had our suspicions, but we weren't, you know, we weren't, uh, you know, very confirmed, you know, as much just yet until now. But anyway, though, guys, I just wanted to do that little video here, talk about some wrestling news. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are down below in the comments, in the live chat during the premiere. I do apologize for a lot of the interruptions, you know, with the phone and all that. I wish I would have done this earlier, but I was resting, you know, still, you know, just, you know, resting my body because I've worked three days in a row. Um, but let me know what your thoughts are. Comment below, live chat during the premiere. Like! the video check me out at bw roses discussions and all your favorite audio podcast locations well this will also be an audio podcast soon also check me out at patreon.com slash bw roses to support me with the one dollar three dollars here also check me out at divanart.com slash bvw1979 also check me out at my teespring store and at vimo at bw roses for content you can't get anywhere else also check me out at Venmo, at Brian-Warmer-2 to help support me there financially, and at Cash App at BWRoses98. But let me know what your guys' thoughts are on some of the things I mentioned here. I will try to divide them into chapters as best as I can. But again, guys, let me know what your thoughts are, you know, all about all these news coming out. And until then, I will talk to you all later.